Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. What's up, homie? Coming to you live from corners of the world unknown, stretched beyond imagination, space, and time. You are listening to Packers Without Borders, and I've been smoking indigo. (laughs) That's the downer, buddy. That's the downer, the Debbie Downer. You know what's interesting is we're going to talk about the Lions today, so it's perfect. Oh, well, that works out excellent then. They're, they're, uh, as this fucking macaw decides to buzz my ear and almost fucking hit me. Um, yeah, the Lions are like Indica. That, that's been a franchise that's been in Indica land for the last forever history, right? So, how's <laughs> going first before we get into the Packers stuff? Talk to me. How's it going, buddy? It's going good, man. We are, uh, what day are we on here? What's today? Today's Wednesday. So we've been here Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wow. This is day five. That's been day five. And I saw yeah. you caught fishes. Oh yeah. I, uh, I got a moment, uh, yesterday. Um, <laughs> I, I woke up to go, uh, take a leak and, and when the sun comes up out here, like it instantly gets bright out, even like at six in the morning, right? And I thought, oh, I wonder what time is it? Is is it like six? And I quickly looked at my phone, and it was uh, ten to seven. And I thought, you know what? The lake is just perfectly calm. There isn't, you know, there isn't a cloud in the sky. It doesn't get any more beautiful than this. I got in my canoe, I paddled around the corner, and I caught a couple of just a, like a three and a four pound pike. And I uh, watched a couple of loons uh, tend to their baby and just kind of sat in the middle of the lake, a little, this gigantic lake. So the Lake of the Woods actually has more coastline than California. See, that that's that stat is almost as staggering as 89% of teams do not win the Super Bowl. That's crazy, man. I never imagined that there was that much coastline on this lake. And when you're talking about loons, you're talking about your father-in-law and your kid, like looking over your kids. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about the bird. The, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah, the, the loons out here, they are uh, crazy loud. There is a mom, dad, and a little baby that are probably about 100 yards away from our shoreline in this little bay. And uh, they really tend to that little baby. And uh, the father is constantly out hunting and it's it's pretty cool they're they're large birds like i don't know if you've ever seen a canadian loon before but they're they're big birds like i bet you it's got you know like a six foot wingspan this thing probably 25 30 pounds like it's a large bird and are they protected animals of course they are i dang near everything in canada the only thing that isn't protected is mosquitoes and the gas prices (laughs) <laughs> well, and hold their own i am a testament to that dude those things are the size of fucking moths yeah well you should see our moths <laughs> you should see our birds they're the size of eagles you should see our eagles they're the size of extra eagles right yeah the, uh, everything's a little bigger up here you know right across the so i keep taking this picture of this island and uh i'll, I'll post it again on uh, packers without borders and i'll circle it there's a, a bald eagle's nest uh in, in at the uh on this island that's right in front of us and uh, uh the name of that island is called willow island right that's kind of cool right 
Dude, Willow Island. So willows are actually some, the weeping willows are some of my favorite trees. And there's a couple here, but they're kind of hard to grow in El Paso, obviously, because of the water that they require. But yeah, dude, willow. And see, the first thing that, that comes to my mind when I think of willow is the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Willow Val Kilmer. You know, that poor guy, he didn't he, what was it, throat cancer or something? Like, just terrible. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, he was on on the new uh, Top Gun movie. You could see he did not. He was he was not doing well in the movie as part of his character, but you can tell that the dude's not doing well. I hope I hope it's all right, man. But holy smokes, yeah, that uh, I guess the life of a rock star or movie star, right, can also uh, bite the ass every once in a while. I think so. I absolutely think so. It's it's uh, it's too bad. Such a great actor, such a great talent. A shame. Right, yeah. just a shame. But um, well, you know uh, what else? Shame. What's that? The Detroit Lions franchise. Oh, they're depressing. You know, I, I've been trying to get behind this, and I have to stick to my early, very, very early prediction that they're going to be second. But I was on a Bleacher Report today. Just you know, the Athletic Bleacher Report, anything I can find. Right, just some articles, some nuggets that I can found. And I found something else interesting that we'll talk about a little bit later uh, with Tom Brady that I found out, which is pretty cool. But uh, um, the, the lions are starting to chirp and it's just such a weird thing to see the lion fans actually start to talk. I didn't even know they existed, man, but they're all over. <laughs> it's like Davy Jones's locker. It's like, like pirates of, Caribbean theater, Caribbean, where you just got a bunch of dead zombies running around that are just making a bunch of noise, but never really do anything. So mm, let me tell you, man. All right. I'm going to try to make a case for why I think they're going to be second in the division. And I, you're almost on board with me, but you don't think they're going to be as good as I think they are. And all signs point to no. So this is a really bold prediction, man, because the only bold prediction, bold prediction, the only place that they're really better than us, um, and, and I might say wide receiver at this point as well, but their offensive line is outstanding, man. That's a top five, probably top three offensive line from what I'm looking at. But, you know, NFC North last year, just a recap of how shitty the Lions have been forever, but specifically last year, they were 3-13-1. and one. Um, That one win, and it was amazing to me that they kept trying not to get that first pick, right? Like, they were working really hard to win games, which is, it's a testament to what I think that coach, Mr. Anklebiter, or whatever, or Kneebiter, uh, coach. Dan Campbell, man. Dan yeah, Campbell. He, he's brought something to that team, and we always have coaches a chance right like it doesn't seem like the nfl has tolerance for this but where the franchise has been that that's the biggest x factor that i have with the lions right now that i think dan campbell has done something with a three and 13 and one team that seemed like they were a lot better than their record they were fighting even even in games that they were getting blown out and had no chance in these guys were fighting fighting to every single down and to get your team to do that that's the right mentality now you need to add the pieces and i i think they've added a handful of really good pieces i think they need a couple more the way the lions are i don't know if you're going to get any big names because you usually get beat like a drum right it's going to be interesting especially when uh, uh rogers finally decides to retire and get out of green Bay, what other teams are going to start spending money on because you know, the hammer is gone, you know? Yep. And I, that was something I found early this morning as I was looking through stuff, I saw this graphic and the Detroit lions are number one in the entire league in terms of money allocated to their offense, which to me was kind of shocking with the defensive minded coach. The whole point of Dan Campbell was defense, right? And they're the team yeah. that, the most on offense crazy 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 you know if jared goff can just kind of put it together uh i don't know i mean i, I know you've got a lofty expectations what are you thinking uh 13 and 3 
<laughs> not after scoring 325 points in the entire season last year and allowing 467. So they were the 31st ranked defense in points allowed and 25th in points scored, which is probably why they invested so heavily in the offensive side. But I think they should have gone the other way around, right? And try to flip that 467 throughout the season, kind of what the Packers did, right? Like the Packers spent money on defense and obviously we spent money on offense, but I, I truly believe that Adams leaving is a blessing in disguise because of all the, just all the extra stuff that we got out of it. Um, but yeah, I thought they were going to, with Dan Campbell at the helm, they were going to address the defense more and they didn't, they just addressed the offense and threw a shit ton of money at it. So I don't know if that's going to work or not, but I have to stick to my guns, man. I've got to do this with the lions as much as it's hurting the chirp. I, you know, I can see them coming in second simply because the bears and the Vikings are that much trash. They've got brand new coaches, brand new systems, you know, um, I, I've got the Vikings coming last, the Bears coming in third, and uh, the Lions coming in second. And I think that they come in second, at, at, like at the last game of the season type deal. Like they just sneak in and grab it. Uh, Dan Campbell has turned that team around. Their mentality is fight, fight, fight. And they've never really had that mentality. It's as far back as I can remember, you know, after uh, Barry Sanders, the mentality has been uh, roll over and get punched. Yeah. So to see Dan Campbell turn those guys around and it's good. I, you know, it's hard to bash the lions because they've been so bad for so long. You kind of want to see them start to do good, but not at the expense of us. And that that's, that's kind of where I'm going to. It's like, go beat up on the fucking Vikings. Go beat the shit out of the Bears, but you're going to lose two to us. I'm good with that, right? Like, go beat our division rivals and have them go down the pecking order so we know that they're not going to make the playoffs, which is ultimately what we want because um, I just – I'm not concerned about the Lions, but we say this all the time in the last two times we played them. We talked about how tough these guys play. So we blew them out the first game, but that second yeah. game, Regardless of whether we had scrubs in there and everything that we did with that last game, trying to get healthy for the playoffs, um, they they took it to us, man. Like it was not like they just we handed it to them. We played and they won fair and square, and we could not get to fourteen wins because of them. You know, like we didn't break a record, we didn't do what we needed to. They they fought for something. I well, think- we also let Jordan Love and yeah. Kurt Bendikert and you know, come on. Yeah, defense, right? But the defense itself, I think, as as good as they were on paper, like quote unquote, and we saw them show up and they they scored points on our defense last year. Obviously, we've improved. It's, it. it's a it's a different it's a different mentality when you're out there fighting for a playoff position versus we're already locked in and this game doesn't matter. One hundred percent agree with you, man. And I, I think the biggest issue is Jared Goff for this team and who's going to show up, right? Is, is the guy who was with the Rams and nearly, you know, just Super Bowl caliber kind of quarterback versus what he's been here, the 31st ranked uh, quarterback in the league last year via PFF, dude. I mean, his passing grades a 62, which is just okay. His run grade is a 39, which means he's probably fucking losing yards as he's trying to move around. And that's a, so um, Jared Goff, I think is the biggest issue here for them because they've got some talent and wide receiver. I mean, Amon Rocky Brown showed up last year, man. I mean, he's 79.9 grade in his rookie season. Kind of did a great job stepping in. You remember they brought in DJ Chark who. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good kid. And then Jamison Williams, man. So they've got a couple studs there in the wide receiver core that can do some damage. Assuming that Jared Goff doesn't force the ball the way Carson went. I see a lot of Carson Wentz and Goff being the same kind of player, just forcing balls that are unnecessary um, and ultimately the demise of the team, right? Because their defense isn't going to be good, so they're going to have to score a lot of points, and it looks like they have the weapons, man. DeAndre Swift is a good running back, and until the Packers show that they can stop the run, I'm not going to have any confidence that we can, man, and we're going to keep allowing 4.7 yards per carry, which to me is insane. Well, I think uh, Reed, Wyatt, Slayton, you know, I, I think Clark, I think we, we've got that a little bit more under control. And really, does it make that big of a difference? 
I mean, if it's 4.7, but we're still a top five defense. It doesn't matter until the playoffs, right? Where you can control the clock, control the game, pound that rock and dictate the tempo. The biggest concern for me, other than it's just the pass catchers, Matt, because TJ Hawkinson is legit, bro. And you remember how much we struggled last year even under the Joe Barry defense, trying to defend against tight ends in the run. Like the team that brought us to the brink where we almost lost were um, the Ravens, where Mark we had no answer for Mark Andrews. We had no answer uh, for Uzama and the boys over in Cincinnati. And obviously Joe Burrow can get them the ball. And of course they ran the ball down our throat and I don't know why they got away from it. But I see a lot of Cincinnati in like a budding team in the Lions, and that's why I'm saying, dude. I, like my prediction is ten and seven, squeaking into the playoffs that last game of the season. And if not, they go nine and eight, right? Nine and eight, ten and seven, they make it. Nine and eight, whoever that NFC team is, it's second is going to have that last whatever the wild card game or that seventh. We have to put somebody else in the playoffs just because it was worth money spot. Um, but that's why I'm at ten and seven, dude. I mean, they're they're off it. They've got Penny Sewell. Um, at tackle, they've got, uh, you know, Taylor Decker at tackle. They've got, um, God, Vitae at guard. They've got Frank Ragnow at center. I mean, this is a legit, I mean, every single one of their starting linemen, uh, offensive linemen are in the top 25, bro. So of all, you know, of all offensive linemen, that to me is, is where, I think they can possibly do some damage down the road. I'm not too concerned against our front, and I think that's why we've kind of – as much as we play the way we do, don't you think that we've set up this team to really just kick the shit out of our division and win those six games and then see how the chips may fall with the rest of the teams that play outside of our division? There, There isn't a team that can in our division that can deal with Aaron Rodgers and our defense, period. You know, Aaron Rodgers uh, came out and uh, told everybody, uh, Packer fans, to uh, take a deep breath, sit down and relax. We've got guys like Lazar and Cobb and Lewis and Sammy Watkins that are, uh, you know, getting these young wide receivers up to uh, snuff and they're in training camp. And you know what? We're going to see mistakes guys this is what's going to happen you have to understand that we are going to be leaning on jones dylan lewis tanyan lazar and cobb an awful lot the first say four to six games just to get you know those rookies going but like i said before like i'm gonna say until until he proves me wrong dobbs is gonna get a ton of catches this year watson's gonna get a ton of catches this year Sammy Watkins is the only one that, you know, there's different reports that he might be a cut favorite, but at the same time, we're hearing about how well he's doing. It's one of these, what's going on? Is this just clickbait? I think so, Matt. I mean, we've got nine wide receivers right now, currently in the, whatever, the 97 players. I I still believe we're going to carry seven into the season. So we're going to lose two, right? I mean, so that's space for Sammy Watkins. That's space for these guys that are kind of on the bubble, including all of our wide receivers that we drafted this year. I mean, we might not keep Torre, but again, glowing reviews, right? And again, we can't get excited with sneakers and t-shirts, but it seems like everybody's kind of getting it. Amari Rogers came in, um, slim, trimmed down, understanding, like that's for Cobb to say something, a veteran to come out. It's not, coach speaks saying oh they're doing great when another player comes up and says i spent time with him and this is what i'm seeing it speaks volumes and i think amari rogers is kind of one of those under the radar guys it's it's second year in this offense and, and it's not so much about the talent right matt it's about do you understand the playbook and can we put you in there and are you going to do your job especially for aaron Rodgers, because it's not just knowing where you're supposed to be for a certain play, but it's being exactly where Aaron Rodgers wants you to be as he's throwing the ball, which is a completely different nuance to when you're Listen, we, with this. We got a we got a kid who's going to meditation. He's taking uh, uh, memory and brain training. He's doing yoga, and you know. He- any and everything this is a desperate man trying to get his game back and he's going to Aaron Rodgers he's going to Cobb he's going to any and anybody who will give him a minute we have to understand we have to appreciate this 
as Packer fans, that we have a guy who understands what's on the wall. What the writing is there. He understands what he needs to do and he's doing anything and everything it takes so that he can, he can do that. Right. I mean, we've got to appreciate that. If I, if I have an employee who makes mistakes, but you know, they're watching YouTube videos and taking classes on the weekend and stuff. And they're doing this, you know, instead of just saying, forget it, your system sucks. Uh, I'm going to go work for someone else. And a lot of these wide receivers do exactly that. Right. They, we got a guy who's, who's bending over backwards to get it done. I think you're right. I think Amari Rogers comes out and has a, a, a pretty good year this year. I think he, he at least announces his presence with authority. <laughs> authority. <laughs> there's there's a difference in, in in projection of a player, right? Because we never expected this from Adams. We never expected this from Jordy. We never expected this from Donald Driver. We never expected this from Greg Jennings. We never expected this from these guys that come in because it takes some time for them. It's not just about the talent. It's about are you being a professional? Are you actually putting in the time? Like you saw who was the guy? I can't remember. Fuck. I saw a report on somebody that we wanted really bad. Oh, uh, the offensive lineman um, that we were all kind of clamoring for um, that we wanted him, them to take that we were uh, projecting to take in the 20th. The dude came into OTAs and minicamp 30 pounds overweight, doesn't get anything, doesn't give a shit. Like there's this mental aspect to, yeah, you made it, but no, you haven't made it right. Like your, your career trajectory depends on how much time you're going to put into it. And it looks like Amari Rogers is that guy. Right. And I think there were Sean Gary's and the Jair Alexander's and having had Adams do it the way that he did it, teaching these young guys, what it takes to be a professional has, more to do with the actual talent itself. How many guys are out there that run a four-two, a four-three that never pen out, man? You know, so I think oh, that, hundreds. Yeah, it speaks volumes to what Amari Rogers. So I'm not sleeping on him. But what are your predictions for the Lions, man? To close this little segment off, because I've got a really good nugget for you that I want to talk to you about with uh, with somebody else. But what are your predictions on the Lions? And what ten and seven. Ten and seven. So I've convinced you. Ten, ten wins. I think they're going to get 10 wins. I think that's the way that they get into the playoffs and they get it like their last or second last game of the year just to sneak in, just to do it. Because those pesky Lions are that type of thing. Now, of course, in the first round of the playoffs, they're just going to get blown right out. But I think they sneak in. And you know how much hate we're going to get when they go three and six to start the season with the schedule they've got set up. But after Buffalo, they go to the Jets. Then they've got Jacksonville and they've got the the Giants. So, you know, they're going to get to 500 fairly quickly. But the reason I trust that they're going to do that is because of the coach, right? Like they're not they're going to start off slow, but they're going to keep fighting. And then they'll get into that softer part of the schedule, which is different from what we've got. We've got our games kind of spread out a little bit where we've got easy, you know, well, I mean, the Vikings game week one. I'm not going to say that's easy, but then we've got the Lions and we've got kind of go through a few games where it's simple, but then we get into Tampa and then we get into the Bills and we get in. So it's kind of spread out throughout the season. So here's a question for you. What would you rather have? Would you rather have all of those hard games at the beginning of the season or would you rather have them spread out or at the end of the season? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, it, it, it doesn't really, you know, there's arguments two and four and, you know, the only thing that I'm a proponent of is don't tell your team what your stand, what the standings are. Don't tell them that this game doesn't mean anything. Don't tell them, you know, don't, don't mention that to them. Other than that, I mean, you, you know what, let's start off playing against all the good teams because then you get sharp quick. Right. And you can judge how how well you're doing compared to what they're doing or some soft games at the beginning. But then soft games at the beginning give you a false sense of security. And then you play somebody who's really good and they blow you the frick out of the water, spreading them out here and there. I don't know. Getting bumped and bruised and then beating up on somebody. This is how we end up losing to the Lions occasionally, because we do three or four games against like Pittsburgh, Baltimore and, you know, the Patriots. And then we play the Lions and it's like, fuck, that Lions is going to be a loss. 
Oh, yeah, you know, I agree, man. It's, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I just, I, I still have it with the bears shitting the bed. The Vikings are not going to improve on their 14, um, one score games and flipping that around because it's something, because they've done nothing to fix that. The Lions seems like they're just kind of doing things the right way. So yeah, man, I mean, 10 and seven is about right for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. I didn't think I was going to convince you on that one, buddy. You're a little bit skeptical. You know, we're going to take receipts at the end of this because I don't think there's anybody else predicting that the Lions are going to go 10 and seven. I mean, even Vegas is, is not very optimistic on the Lions, and Vegas is usually good, but you know. Oh, well, then there's no then there's no need to play all the games. Exactly, exactly. All right, buddy, I've got a nugget for you about Tom Brady that I found out last night um, from a source close to me, very close to me. My brother, who is a Dolphins fan, um, a hardcore Dolphins fan, actually. And we were just kind of talking about the season and where they're going to look and, you know, the outlook for Tua, whatever. That's not what I'm going to – so apparently within the the organization with the uh, Dolphins, there was an agreement in place, and, and this is what's interesting. The reason that Tom Brady retired was that he already had an agreement in place to go to Miami and play for the Dolphins. But Brian Flores, that whole remember that whole Brian Flores issue with him kind of the whistle blowing and all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Specific to him putting in a full report that apparently at some point is going to be released about collusion between the Miami Dolphins and Tom Brady talking and getting something, a deal done in place prior to the tampering periods and all that stuff. And the league 86 that, but because, you know, Tom Brady's the golden boy, they're kind of keeping it under wraps, but that's why he unretired and had to come back to the bucks. But that's why, you know, he had a plan of not retiring, going to Miami uh, with the team that they've set up there and the league mm-hmm. 86 that man, but it was apparently because of tampering. And that's, that's why all that stuff with um, the dolphins happened. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. That that was my same. So, so what do you think, man? Like it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, until we actually get light out, this is kind of breaking news a little bit because I never put the pieces together. But obviously when you talk to somebody else in another fan base, that puts as much time into what we do. Um, it was kind of crazy for me, man, to hear that. So what do you think? Like, is not, not conspiracy. I think that I think it might be some of that, like the Aaron Rodgers hogwash every now and then you ever come across a football fan who tells you, Oh yeah, fuck, yeah Aaron Rodgers was sleeping with Olivia Munn and Danica Patrick at the same time. And that's why he's with a witch now. And that witch inflates the balls, uh, when she's and you're like, Whoa, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like none of that's true. Right. So I don't know. I don't know. I bet you there's a lot of different theories and conspiracies. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, Tom Brady wanted to go to Miami and kick the hell out of New England after everything that he did for New England, and then they were going to trade him. Yeah, but he had it in place. This was already premeditated, preplanned, and Brian Flores blew that whole fucking thing up, which is why he went back unretired and had to go back to uh, Tampa. Just really interesting. So he still wanted to play. I just found that fascinating because it makes sense. I don't know how true it is until those reports come out, but if it comes out, you heard it here first, folks. You know? Yeah. Kind of crazy. yeah. So, Breaking news. All right. Before I throw it to break, man, the dog, the dog like that all of this, um, we got – I just want to give a little shout-out to our uh, our fans, man, because I, I did ask for some reviews, and I want to read some of these out out loud for people just because we genuinely appreciate the shout outs. And some of these are, are all lies, but we appreciate you guys giving us five stars and lying so much. But um, Amy, we've had her on the show before Kansas city. uh, But Amy put on there, you know, what I, what I love about this podcast is not only the fantastic insight into green Bay Packers football, but the dive into family life, friendship, meeting Packer fans around the world and talking about real life issues with the open minds. Not to mention both hosts are absolutely wonderful, uh, an absolute riot and wonderful human beings in general. Two parts of each podcast, one part Packers, the other part day to day life. 
or whoever their guest is, you don't want to miss it. Just wanted to give a shout out to Amy for that, that review, man. And then, um, your check is in the mail, Amy. Yeah. We'll, we'll send you the, yeah. Checks in the mail girl. Um, and then Wade was, was nice enough as well to chime in. And, you know, this one even sounds like we're we're pros, dude. It's kind of crazy, you know? Uh, but, there's a lot of Packer-related podcasts out there, but this is definitely one of the best. Bruce and Matt do a great job breaking down everything, discussing everything going on with the, that's going on with the team right now. They add in great discussions about being dads, guys, and anything else that they feel like talking about, which adds a really nice feeling of just sitting in and having a beer with the guys. They'll also have great guests from barbecue experts to fellow Packer fans to former and current Packers. This is a definite must on your podcast schedule. Just... You know, man, the reason I want to do this is to all you listeners, Matt and I talk about this every day and you have no idea how appreciative we are and so confoozled, bamboozled, confused that you guys take the time out of your day to listen to us. It is just it, it, it's a pleasure and it, it really makes I'm us not, want to do this. I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I mean, it's just pure gold oozing out our pores. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got a big announcement here, Matt, and we kind of alluded to it earlier, but we'll talk about that after the break here. Um, so let me throw it to a commercial. This is TJ Williams out of Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Matt coming to you from Cincinnati. Hey friends, this is Colton Moore from Central Illinois. This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. This is Shelly from Bourne, Michigan. Bales of Hay, and I'm from Kansas City. Hey, this is Jamie Cheesebutt. I'm from LA, California. Hey everyone, this is Ella from Southern Cali. This is Nebels from Chicago, Illinois, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on TeePublic, Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. 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 Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. And we're back, Matt. That's always so weird, eh? That's always so weird. (laughs) 30 minutes and 25 seconds, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, all right. And then let's throw it to a commercial. And then you wait a second, you go, and we're back. We never went anywhere, folks. We never went anywhere. (laughs) We just split it right in half, unless I have to take a leak, and then we do. Bruce is doing the editing. See, we don't have to do this when Matt does the editing because Matt actually listens to the podcast back and edits it, where Bruce just goes 30 minutes, 15 seconds, space, edit. (laughs) On the file, I go to 30 minutes and 25 seconds, and I wrote that down here on a piece of paper, and then I go there and I literally put it right at that spot, splice it, and put it in, and it sounded pretty smooth last time, bro. It did. It did. I was impressed. I was impressed. Okay, so I heard through the grapevine... Uh, from a friend of mine uh, that also knows your mailman uh, that uh, we have and uh, he'll be on, I guess it'll be for Saturday. Uh, We'll, uh, you know, what we'll do is we'll uh, maybe we'll release it first to Patreon. I think what we're going to do is this is going to be a good conversation, man. I think it's going to be more than an hour. And I think what we do is we take a section of it and we put it on the regular side and then we make people pay for the other half of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or every other word. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> we'll just, we're going to release a thousand. It's going to be 4,000 words. So we're going to release 4,000 episodes in the next 4,000 days. For a penny a piece. <laughs> you want to let, you want to let everybody know who we were able to, uh, finally you know with his schedule and what he does and 
he is a wonderful human being, but you want to let everybody know who we're uh, doing the pod with? J- Justin Trudeau. No. Oh. No. Oh. Not, no. Uh, he's too oh. pol- I think uh, I think actually it's a former linebacker, former Packer, Homer, Dave Robinson. Dave Robinson is one of the few in select company that is in the high school Hall of Fame, the college Hall of Fame, and the NFL Hall of Fame. He was the first black linebacker that was drafted in the first round. He was the first black linebacker to start in the NFL. He played in Super Bowl One, Super Bowl Two. He actually uh, wrote a book. He has three books that he's written um, that we're going to talk about that kind of deep dive into the life that he grew up in that he co-authored with Adderley and Paul Horning. So he's got some stories. I had a wonderful conversation with him this morning. He is just, he oozes hall of fame. dude. like, you know, when you talk to somebody and it's just even over the phone, I was just like in awe of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm pretty starstruck. I'm fangirling a little bit. Um, I, I've got a thousand questions, and I don't even know if I'm going to be able to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel he's open. Just so everybody knows, he's open to any type of question conversation. So I think what we want to do is maybe post something with some questions that you might have for Mr. Robinson, and we'll pick a couple of your listener questions to ask him um and and see what we can do but yeah i mean i want to highlight um i want to highlight him a little bit because we're not gonna not that we're not going to get into it with him but i want to build up to who this man was and what he did um the first recommendation i have for you quite honestly with dave robinson is go on youtube and go check out his um highlights it's just his hall of fame speech has the highlights has all the information, has everything on there of what we're going to talk about with him. It is insane. I actually got to talk to him a little bit about Shannon Sharp, and uh, we're going to tee that up too, man. He is all about getting uh, Sterling Sharp. Sterling Sharp. uh, Yeah, he said that – so just a little nugget. He said that Shannon Sharp just had a loud mouth, and uh, Sterling Sharp was a football player. That Just just to kind of give you an idea of what we're going to be – this guy is – He's amazing, man. So, explicit. I, just, <laughs> I mean, played for twelve seasons, three Pro Bowls, and understand that this was in a time where there was segregation. Um, you know, this was not. He paved the way for every single, basically, um, black player in the NFL to have an opportunity. That's the way I see Dave Robinson at this point with what he did um in the 60s i mean it was just from college he was not allowed to play in the first bowl game um that he played in and there was a liberty bowl and we'll see we'll get into this but he's got some stories about just what he went through and what he what he paved the way i mean but 27 career interceptions as a linebacker in 12 seasons he went to three pro bowls and my favorite favorite line from this guy is I don't try to hurt anyone out there, but the harder you hit a man in the first period, the more you slow him down in the fourth period. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is, this is a, you know, he played football when you could fold your helmets and put them in your back pocket. This guy, you know, this is, this is a true warrior of the field, a gladiator of the old Coliseum. You know, are, are you not entertained? This is uh this is a big deal. I'm excited. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I've got some research I want to do. I'm excited. And just imagine in this era in time, because look, my dad, you know, grew up in this same era where he played uh, linebacker at Illinois. And my dad was a big guy. You know, he was 6'2", 220. So just to put that into perspective, Dave Robinson was 6'3", 245 pounds in the 60s as a linebacker. I mean, that is just, (laughs) I just like, that's how big I am. Yeah, well, but I, I think he was more, more, uh, I think his less, less tummy and more arms, <laughs> yeah, a little bit lower, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, 
and the way he finished his career was a testament to how strong he was because he tore his Achilles tendon back in the 70s and he only played four games, but he did come back in the 70s from a torn Achilles. Um, and the following season didn't miss a game from the pack for the Packers in 71 and 72. You know, before he moved on to Washington, but he had four interceptions in his first season with with Washington. So he continued his career even outside of Green Bay. But that man's a trailblazer. I can't wait to have him on there. I mean, think about you're we're about to have a conversation with somebody who played in the very first Super Bowl and the very first and the second Super Bowl ever. Uh, oh, I uh, I my mind is swimming with questions. It's uh, it's it's going to be a good episode. It's going to be good. I'm uh, out here at the lake, uh, working remotely, and I'll be, uh, uh, you know, pen and paper in the trailer by candlelight. <laughs> so what we're going to ask everybody is, look, just either DM us, post us, copy us on it, but send us some questions that you might have for Mister Robinson, so we can uh, put them together. And we're going to work on that, man. But I just, I really want to highlight him. I think he is underappreciated. I don't think, not underappreciated in the sense of, I just don't think people know about him now. I mean, everybody, most of the fans that we, that we play, you know, that we talk to and we interact with were born way after his time, including us, right? Like we know this because we spend our lives as, like we've officially dedicated our lives to the Green Bay Packers to a certain extent or our, uh, outside of work, family, it's literally like we've become what Mr. Vince Lombardi asked us to do, and that was God, family, and the Green Bay Packers, man. Like, it's just, that's what we do. But outside of that circle, it's people that just don't know who he is and what he did for the game. So just really excited to have him on, man. And I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Papa G um, on Twitter and – you know, a friend of mine now um, who was kind enough to help set this up. He is one of Dave's best friends, obviously kind of making sure that I'm not trying to do anything to an 81 year old gentleman uh, who has very limited time for people um, other than what he wants to do. So thank you, Papa G for that as well. Um, but we're looking forward to that. We're going to record that tomorrow and we'll start releasing it, but please send out any questions that you have. Yeah, and don't forget you can uh, support us on Patreon. I know that uh, there's a commercial there, uh, uh, even a buck a month, anything to keep the uh, show going, to keep the uh, high-quality entertainment. I mean, this gold coming out of our pores isn't free. This is, uh, you know, this is better than, uh, you know, any Mary Mary Tyler Moore show you've ever watched. We would like to have some sort of funding to improve the, so you don't have to hear Ravens in the background. It'd be cool. Um, audio quality, things like that. But no, in all seriousness, if you guys can jump on Patreon, help us out T public. And that's another announcement we have, man. I've got uh, uh, my brother-in-law who created our logo. I have commissioned him again, and we're working on a series of t-shirts for our second season. And we've got a bunch of surprises for you guys. So, you know, go to TeePublic um, to get merchandise, but we're going to start doing that as well. So this is a nice long commercial, but I don't really fucking care. It's a good commercial. It's good. It's good for the children. It's like eating your vegetables. You got to eat your vegetables every now and then, right? You got to eat your vegetables. So this is what I've got on my agenda. So we've made tacos for dinner. So I'm going to uh, go and eat tacos in a minute here. And then uh, we have got a whole bunch of wood. And because it's such a beautiful night tonight, we're going to have a bonfire until the wee morning. We're going to, uh, I know you were asking me earlier. So we've been here uh, five days. We brought out 150 cans of beer and we are uh, down to 12 cans of beer left. Um, you were asking me about the uh, Sativa and Indica. If you saw, I, I posted that. So up here, weed is completely legal. You can, there's hundreds of different stores. You go in, you, not as much as you want. You can only get up to 30 grams per purchase, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we went and I told the guy, you know, I'm going camping and I wouldn't mind this and that. And he said, right over here, this one's called, it's a five pack of Sativa's five pack of Indica. It's called Yabba Dabba Doo is the Sativa and Black Widow is the Indica. And it was like 24 bucks. I was like, done. I'm in. Right. Perfect. And uh, 
is if Canada made a commercial for people to like, like a visit Canada commercial and just have a bunch of people and just highlight how, how normal it is and how everything is in Canada. But also you can get anything you want. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's, 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 we're not, Canada isn't the world leader. We don't, lead the pack we drag behind but you know we see the the uk will do it or the us will do it or some other country will do it for a while and then we'll go you know what we'll do it now you know it it looks like it's working and you know weed sales are through the roof and uh it's government regulated so of course the government they make sure that they get their taxes and uh they're getting you know billions of bucks every year and uh for me i'll tell you this when i was a kid if like it was about 200 bucks for an ounce of weed when I was a kid. And if you could get it for 200 bucks, that was a good price. Usually you paid like 250 for an ounce or something like that. Every now and then you'd hear of somebody, I paid 160 an ounce and you were like, Oh my God, where? And there'd be like a six block lineup, you know, as everybody went running to some guy's dealer that was getting rid of it for 160 an ounce. So we were in the store and there was like eight different ounces for under 90 bucks. Like this is eliminating the black market. There's no need for a black market because the black market can't compete. You know, a deal they had the other day and I didn't buy it because I, as much as I, as I joke and I smoke all the time, I don't smoke as much as I used to because I've got kids, I've got responsibilities, I've got jobs, I've got things I have to do. There's a lot of time during the day in which I don't, but uh, they had, it was 30 grams for 30 bucks. Like it's a buck a gram and, and you know, people, well, it's, it's not premium stuff at a buck a gram. Who cares? How much are you consuming of that since Saturday? By actual waiter dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's been a lot. I mean, you really can't, you know, when you take the kids out and canoeing and fishing and stuff, you can't. But uh, I mean, the, the other morning, it was pretty tempting if it wasn't if I didn't have a full day packed with, you know, doing stuff with the kids. Because I don't know if you saw, I was posting a lot of those pictures. So I had to take Wyatt for a canoe ride. And then I had to take my wife for a canoe ride. Then I had to take my daughter for a canoe ride. Then I took the father-in-law for a canoe ride. Right. Like we, you know, we we all kind of zip around and take a look at different islands and things like that. So you really can't do that. But I'll tell you, I would love to have, and I'm going to try and squeeze out some time. I know my, my wife has already said she'll, she'll uh, entertain uh, Iganook thing one and thing two, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, twist one up and then uh, get out to uh, my favorite fishing spot and just kind of be at one with nature for a while coming out here and just unplugging and hearing the sounds and all the fresh air. I mean, you've never slept so well, right? You, it's, it's, well, you go camping, you know what I'm talking about, right? One day, two days, it's really not enough. By the time you get into the fourth and fifth day, then, you know, you, you can, oh. start, start disconnecting. All right. Well, I've got some questions for you, buddy, to contemplate yeah. while you're out on by yourself, right? So, Kind of rapid fire a little bit, but a little bit of discussion uh, here. But I've got 10 questions for you. Um, The first one is, why do you park on a driveway but drive on a parkway? Oh, these are like dad questions. Okay. That's a good point. You should be parking on a parkway and driving on a driveway. Yep. So... Here's another one for you. If you drop the soap on the floor, is the floor clean or the soap dirty? Yes. <laughs> Who knew what time it was when the first clock was made? I don't know. Me either. When you get cold, why is your temperature so high? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, here's another one. If people evolved from monkeys, why do monkeys still exist? How can monkeys still eat bananas? I don't know. <laughs> Take that, vegans. Yeah, vegans. <laughs> why are cookies called cookies and bacon called bacon? Because if we bake cookies and cook bacon, 
I don't know, you know, whoever didn't, whoever called dimes, dimes and didn't call them tennies really missed out. <laughs> oh man. Who put the alphabet in alphabetical order? I believe that was uh, Big Bird. <laughs> I thought it was Elmo. Oh, no, 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 no. It was Big Bird. Big Bird, Big Bird was first. Yeah, it was definitely Sesame Street. So the bird, so the Big Bird came before the Elmo? Yes. Yes. The bird came before the Elmo. <laughs> if oranges were called oranges, why aren't lemons called yellows? Ooh, very good. Very good. That's it. I had to finish with that one, buddy. I had a couple, uh, just, you know, I, we have to, dad we have to do dad Yeah. Just terrible. I'm so bad at it, dude. It's I'm so I bad. Great. I can't take 67 more of those. <laughs> and I've got plenty for it. I could actually work my way down all the way to 30, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. Right on brother. All right, man. Another episode in the books Wednesday episode. What's this? 135? 136. 136. Yeah. 136. Holy smoke. Season two, episode 136. If you haven't been uh, binge listening, uh, do so quickly. Colton Moore, get your butt in gear, man. You're missing an awful lot of stuff. You got any questions for us for Mailbag Monday? Don't forget you can send it to us at uh, Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com. That's all one word Packers Without Borders at Outlook.com or DM us at Packers on our Twitter. Follow us on our Facebook page, Packers Without Porters, and our Instagram, where you can see uh, Bruce doing things like bouncing beers off of uh, balls and catching them at uh, Packers Without Porters. Peace. Peace. Go, Pack, go. This has been Packers Without Porters. Try and be kind to one another, try and love each other, and go, Pack, go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.